Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor in Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. We are on episode 148, and I want to say, hi, Mom. I finally got her all set up with her podcast platform, and she can listen oh. for longer than two minutes at a time. She was listening online, and her phone was cutting it off. So her phone, I set, how, that how was her, her Mother's Day. So she's, huh. so she's listening right well, today, I so guess. So she's listening to two minutes every, of our, every one of our podcasts. <laughs> well, she would listen two minutes and shut off, listen two minutes, and then after about eight times of that, she'd get tired of it. So she probably well, I would get it. tired of that too. Yeah. So I got her all set up. So she yeah. is all happy about listening today. So that's interesting. And, uh, so if you are not on a podcast platform, my point is get on a podcast platform. Yeah. It's, it's it certainly you can listen on your computer, but man, you don't get so cut off every two minutes. Yeah. It's so easy on a podcast platform. It I is. showed her and she goes, wow, why was I not doing this? So anyway, huh. as you listen, Get people on a podcast platform. If you're not, get on there already. Uh, tell them by Facebook, Twitter, text, however you let them know about our podcast as we connect faith to life. Uh, there are lots of people who really need to know about just how to connect the Bible to the to our everyday life, mm. and it's so important. And so that kind of leads us directly to what we're going to talk about today because, you know, I... I tend to be that person that over the years have become more agreeable about things I disagree about. <laughs> uh, and usually when you get older, you get grumpier. Yeah. Uh, but I have, you know, I'm not perfect by any means, but you know. You're not as grumpy as you used to be? Yeah, I really am not. And you can actually talk to my kids <laughs> and my wife about that. And, you used to uh, be a really grumpy person? I did. And really? then this thing actually, all the aortic thing, yeah. it just changes your, changes your whole way of thinking yeah. about things. Hard to be grumpy when God gives you extended life. Life it? is just too short to be yeah. grumpy. Yeah. You know, that's kind of how I was, I determined. So anyway, the point is, is we can you know, I know we're going to use it differently, but I've always heard uh, disagree without being disagreeable, you know, that disagree we can without being disagreeable. Yeah. And, uh, it's good. It's a good way to do it. I, I enjoy a good discussion. My concern is not necessarily for me anymore. It's for yeah. the other person because yeah. they'll get wound up Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're going, whoa, whoa, whoa. I really wasn't going right. there. I'm just right. saying that this is what I believe. And I, I think I have scriptural background or, uh, historical background or whatever I'm talking about. But anyway, yeah. So, Pastor, let's talk today. I think a good thing it would be to how to disagree graciously. Yep. We're going to talk about today six ways to disagree graciously because there's a lot of disagreements in our world today. Mm. And so how can we have disagreements and talk through our disagreements in a way that we're not tearing others down, but mm -hmm. in a way that you know, ends up being kind of productive? Oh, so, it does. Yeah, we can, we can do that. So we'll, we'll talk about those things. And, and today it's just me and you, Pops. Yeah, we, uh, I kind of feel a little, you know, Scott's in well, here, Scott's you and me, here, but, but you know, we, we, we wives we, or not, Stacy yeah. was here for quite a few weeks. Your wife joined us for a couple kind of weeks. Kind of gave so. us a, a energy, it was a higher energy level. I don't know. You think there was a higher energy level? Yeah, our, yeah. our, our wives yeah. are just, I, mean, I think just I got like, a lot of it. energy already. You do. And you drink and you drink there. I'm drinking my energy drink. and Yeah, you man, you're ready to roll. Ready this, to roll. this is your green zone. The, we're learning I mean, about green zones We're learning zones about right green now. zones right now. Your most productive hours of the day. We call that a green zone. And in two minutes, I will be in my green zone. <laughs> you're not there yet. No, not quite. <laughs> 
my green zone starts about five o'clock in the morning. I know it does. Yep. So I'm, I'm right in the prime of it right now. So we can get a lot of stuff done. <laughs> and it's fine. I mean, yeah. you, this is kind of a yellow zone, but anyway, whatever. We'll talk about that at staff meeting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, no, but seriously, it was great to have them here and I hope we can do yeah. some, some more of that. Not but less you know, that. They're, they're, they're not with us, but this just feels right. Just me, you and Scott, this is, this is the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. I'd love to have my wife here. Love having your wife, but it's right here special. Yeah. What we have is special. Trey. It is. It is. A, <laughs> we're connecting faith to life as we're connecting yeah, faith something to like life. That. Something like that. And connect faith to life. So. so we are talking about disagreement. So, so Trey, would you say that, you know, years ago you were a pretty disagreeable person? You said you were a little grumpy. Were you disagreeable? Yeah. I, I think uh, I liked a good argument. Yeah. And I didn't care who I hurt with it, if yeah. that's the best I way think, to say honestly, it. Honestly, there's something about youthfulness. Right. Mm-hmm. I think when we're younger, I consider myself self still fairly young, but when we're younger, I think we like a good fight. You know, I mean, I, I remember maybe not like a good fight. Maybe that's not, not the right way to put it. But I remember being in seminary yeah. and just learning all of this theology and, and just liking a good debate. Oh, yeah. And, and I remember sitting Me around too. the lunch table at seminary and we would just talk about all kinds of things and go back and forth and really, you know, arguing about things that in the biggest scheme of things probably don't even matter. No, but it's fun. But it, well, you, you say it's fun, but <laughs> for what if it was fun for me? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 I guess it was rather enjoyable. But then you do, you kind of walk away sometimes with hurt feelings because yeah. somebody got yeah, that's overly passionate yeah. and you know bit your head off or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. That that in the heat of the disagreement, it is possible to say things that you shouldn't say or take it too far or whatever the case may be. And so just to think about, okay, how how can we disagree? Uh, but still maintain friendships, still build relationships, still value the other person in the midst of that disagreement. Because we are living in a time where there are lots of disagreements. You think about just politically, all the disagreements we have Mm -hmm. right now. I mean, golly, nobody can say anything without there being a protest of some sort. Mm -hmm. It just, it doesn't matter. If one side says this, other side is going to protest. One side says this, other side is going to protest. It's it's just wild. We cannot have civil discourse in our nation anymore, it doesn't seem like. Even watching the news shows, used to be they would have, you know, this person say their piece, this person say their piece. They walk and talk all over top of each other. You can't even hear what they're saying. That's because they're wanting ratings. That's what gets ratings. We like to see a good fight. (laughs) Wow. And I I just cut, well, they don't, not for me because I cut it off. Yeah. I I can't take that. But anyway, I want to hear what people think, but that's me. Yeah, so I mean, but that that's the thing. I mean, we 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 live in a very um I don't want to say I'm trying to think of the word I want to say. We're living in a culture where it doesn't take much to set people off mm. anymore. Very contentious. Very contentious. Yeah. And then you have sound kind of a sound bite mentality. Mm-hmm. Everything's in a tweet or everything's in a Facebook post or you know, just a thirty second argument or whatever the case may be. That what we are missing out on are some of those Things like we had in seminary, those longer conversations where we're just thinking about issues and talking through them and trying to understand and those kind of things. So, so what I want us to do is to learn how to have those conversations, those disagreements, but do so mm-hmm. in such a way where we're gracious with each other because I think it's possible, especially if we're we're children of God. We yes, should be I setting the the model. Percent. We should be showing people how to have conversations uh, that contain disagreements in such a way uh, that we are valuing the other person and building up rather than tearing down. And so six ways to disagree graciously. Let's start Let's with get it done. number one, know what's worth fighting for. And I think that's huge. Okay. So here's, here's the reality, Trey. And, and maybe, you know, some people like this, maybe you don't know some people like this. I have no idea. Mm. Some people just like to fight for the sake of fighting. Oh, I know. Some people like to argue for the sake of arguing. Right. <laughs> and, 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 and that's nothing new. It's always been that way. In mm. fact, listen to this scripture. I think this scripture is really helpful in 
Titus, Paul is writing to Titus, and he says in Titus chapter 3, verses 9 through 11, but avoid foolish debates, genealogies, quarrels, and disputes about the law. Listen to what he says, because they are unprofitable and worthless. Wow. Listen to this. Reject a divisive person after a first and second warning, Hmm. for you know that such a person has gone astray and is sinning. He is self-condemned. Wow. So Paul's recommendation, that is strong. Paul's recommendation to Titus. Now, remember who Titus was. Titus is is this young man that Paul's mm-hmm. mentoring, discipling. We call First and Second Timothy and Titus the pastoral epistles mm-hmm. because, because Paul is teaching Titus and Timothy how to minister. So he's saying to this young minister, ain't every argument worth having. Yeah. You know, he's saying, listen, if someone comes to you with an argument, listen to them. But if, if, if you if you have that sense that they're just being divisive, reject it. Mm. Stop. Don't don't have those conversations. Like, and so I even think about, you know, in, in my role as a pastor, and Trey, you've probably had this experience too, that we know people that that just like to, you know, argue about everything. That 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 are always looking for something that that you said not so correctly mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be, and 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 they're looking to say, hey, 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 you said this wrong, you did this wrong, you did this wrong, and 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 so just understand that there are those kinds of people like that, right? They're few and far between, but there are those kind of people who just like to nitpick every little thing, and, and Paul says to Titus, hey, it's just not worth it. You don't have to get involved in every single argument. Yeah, you know, we uh, deacons are famous for saying these words, at least the deacons that I've worked with, not here at this church, of course, but deacons yeah. I've worked with, they say, I don't want it to be unanimous, so I'm going to disagree. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> just so that it's not unanimous, yeah. they want to disagree so that, you know, it's, yeah. not, it's, it's like, well, we can say, well, we didn't all agree, but this is where we're going. Yeah, you know? I had a, I was pastoring my, my second church in, in Louisiana, and the Sunday that I went to receive the vote, um, you know, I preached my trial sermon, and then they had the vote afterwards, and um, it was almost unanimous. One person voted against me. He came up to me about a month later. And he said, yeah. I, "I was the person that voted against you because I just didn't want you to have a unanimous vote." Like, <laughs> well, thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. I mean, every church, <laughs> right. every church I have ever been voted into, including this one, there's always that one person. Yeah, there, there and, is. And that's uh, okay. That, that's you know, okay. whatever. But the, the good news: uh, several of the churches they did the same thing, and we ended up being best friends. Right? So it's, it's, it's wild. Just strange, but but, that, but that's just that's just kind of human nature. Some people just like to be divisive for the sake of being divisive, and yeah. just understanding that, and so understanding, we be careful, be careful that, and, yeah. and understanding that you don't have to entertain every argument. Right. Mm. That, that, that some people just want to pull you into an argument and, and you don't have to be pulled in. It's OK to say, you know what, this is just not a conversation I want to have. And that's OK. But but don't you think there are some things that is but, worth discussing? But that's the deal. Right. Then there are some of those things that are worth fighting for. If someone is undermining, uh, you know, the church as a pastor, for example, somebody's undermining the church and then, then I've got to address that. Now, that's worth fight. The, the unity of the church is worth fighting for. Amen. Right. Amen. Or you think about, you know, the, the, the doctrinal beliefs. backwards, but yeah, it is. Yeah. But the, that's, you're right. But the unity of the church is worth fighting for. You think about doctrinal beliefs, right? Mm-hmm. If, you know, we, we, we're, we're going to fight for the, the inerrancy of scripture. Yes, we're going to we fight for uh, those fundamental beliefs, like um, the exclusivity of Christ. We're going to fight for, you know, whatever the case may be, those, those fundamental core mm-hmm. doctrines that we affirm as followers of Jesus. Yeah. We, we, we this, this is the hill we're going to die on. And yeah. so, so, you know, we're not going to let 
people come in and undermine or try to undermine or lead us away from those core convictions. We'll fight for those things. And so, so part of it is knowing, okay, these are things I'm willing to fight for, right? But these are things I'm just not going to let you draw me into the argument because it's not worth my time and it's divisive. And, it, and as Paul says, it's, it's just kind of worthless. So it's just being discerning, okay, what arguments am I going to allow myself to be in? And what arguments am I going to say, mm-hmm. you know what, brother, I love you, sister, I love you, but this is just not a conversation that's going to be fruitful and I'm just not going to have this conversation right now. And, what's and do fun- that gracefully. Yeah, what's funny about that, though, or interesting, is that some people want you, at least if you're wrong, they want you to make a stand on everything. Yeah. They want you yeah. to have a black and white on all these things that are just tertiary, maybe less than tertiary discussions. And we can, you know, sure, this is interesting to talk about. And and that's the thing, right? The the older I get, uh, it seems like the the less black and white I am on certain issues. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, I think about one of the, you know, uh, big issues that, that, tends to be discussed in church sometimes and is, you know, eschatology, yeah, yeah. How, how Christ is going to return, when he's going to return, all those kind of things. I would say 10 years ago, I was pretty dogmatic and mm-hmm. I, I still have some pretty firm convictions about sure. that, but I'm open to discussion. You know what I'm saying? I, I'll hear you out. I might not agree with you, but you know, I, I'm, I'm not. And I think that sometimes, you know, can be a, a turnoff for people that I don't have it figured out black and white, you know what I'm saying? And, but, but, you know, it just is what it is, <laughs> Who does? right? It's, it's just, so, <laughs> Great day. so, you know, I, I'm firm on my doctrinal convictions about the return of Christ. I know he's going to return Amen. or about the inerrancy of scripture or the case may be, but there's some things, you know, I'm, I'm still working out myself. And so we can have a conversation about it. We might disagree, but I'm, I might not have the black and white answer that you want me to have. All right. Well, that leads us to number two, because remember that life is about building relationships, not winning arguments. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's big. Okay. So know what's worth fighting for Mm -hmm. and and you don't have to get yourself drawn into every single argument. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, that's probably unhealthy to allow yourself to get drawn into every single argument. And number two, remember that life is ultimately about building relationships and not winning arguments. Mm -hmm. And, 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 And there are some of us that that's what we want to do. We just want to be proven right. Yeah. We want to win the argument, even if it's at the expense of hurting someone else. But that's not the way it's supposed to be. And I, and I think about, you know, the relationship we have, Trey, or the relationship our staff has. Um, if you guys correct me and say, Tommy, you said this on Sunday morning and it just wasn't clear or you, you, you misspoke or you could have said it better. I am probably going to listen to you guys mm-hmm. and, and take your criticism to heart. Why? Because I have a relationship with you. Yeah, yeah. I trust that that you and our staff, that you want the best for me, you want the best for my church. And and when you guys speak to me and say, hey, Tommy, you need to think about the way you said this, that you're doing that because you're wanting to help me grow and mm-hmm. you're wanting to help me do better, right? And so, so in the context of close relationships where I know that other person is more interested in my heart than they are winning the argument that I'm willing to listen to that criticism or I'm willing to listen to that perspective or that point of view, because I believe that, that, you know, what you are going to say has value for me because you want my best. Right. And so just understanding that, but, 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 you know, if, if, if there's someone who I really don't have that kind of relationship with and there's just constant nitpicking, Mm. you know, I'm probably not going to listen as carefully because you haven't shown me that you're actually interested in my heart. You've only shown me that you're interested in being right or proving me wrong. And, and, and that's not helpful for me or it's not. And so, so just understand that, right? That, that it's not about winning arguments. It's about building relationships. In the context of relationships, man, when we have disagreements, man, I'm going I'm to listen to you because I believe that you have something that's worth me hearing mm-hmm. that might actually help me. And so just understand that relationship, relationship, relationship is more important than winning the argument. 
you know, I found a good way to say it is that I say, well, that's an interesting, interesting way to think about yeah. it. Yeah. I don't say they're right, wrong, right? I just say that's an interesting way to think about it. I, I, I'll go do some research on that. Yeah. Or, you know, just, you don't have to be right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in, in our, in our hearts, we, we want to be right, but you know, the whole thing, I, and I think it's a pride issue, you yeah. know, I've got to be the right yeah. one and thank the Lord I have gotten past so much of yeah, that. Yeah. Oh boy. And wow. the thing is you can win the argument and destroy the relationship. Yes. Of, and you don't want to do many that. a time. And you know, and there, you know, I think about, um, relationships I'm trying to build with people who are not followers of mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. I am convinced in my mind, right. And in my heart, based on my understanding of scripture, that, that, that I'm right. Yeah. That that person needs Jesus. They need to know the truth. And that, you know, um, because I'm a follower of Jesus who believes the word of God, I, I know the truth, Christ Jesus, right? They might not be there yet. And so oh, yeah, all the I arguments I give them, um, if I don't do it with love, in a sense, to help them, I, while I'm, I'm trying to share the gospel with them, I might close the door because yeah. of my bullheadedness, right? And so, so just understanding that in those conversations with somebody that I know is not agreeing with me, but yet I know that I'm right because mm-hmm. I, I stay on the word of God. I've got to be careful in how I have those conversations because I want to have those conversations in such a way that even if they disagree me, with me right now, mm-hmm. this door is still open for further conversations. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so again, it's, it's relationship, it's relationship, it's Amen. relationship mm-hmm. and keeping that door open so that if someone certainly is wrong and, and, I, and I'm trying to speak truth in their lives, that door is con- continues to stay open for me to continue to speak in their lives, trusting that the spirit will eventually be at work in their lives. So yeah, man, relationships are so important and just making sure that, that, we care for and minister to the hearts of people, and we are interested in that more than we're interested in just proving how right we are. Amen. Number three, give people, and this is a big one, yeah. benefit of the doubt. Yeah. So I just think about that, you know, um, a lot of times disagreements are just over misunderstandings. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and so just giving people the benefit of the doubt. Again, coming back, because it's my context and your context, I know is probably different than mine if you're listening today, but but as a pastor, Trey, you know how many sermons I've preached over the course of my time in ministry? I cannot. I have no idea. But I mean, every Sunday. Just multiply well, it out. It wouldn't Yeah, take. yeah. I mean, you think about every Sunday um, for 20 years. And I say every Sunday. Twice. Yeah, every yeah. Sunday. I, mean, I know I take vacations and things like that. So you, you say... 47, 48 times a year, mm-hmm. right, on Sunday mornings. And then for many years, you're right, I was preaching not only Sunday morning, but on Sunday night because yeah. I came in that from that tradition and then putting it together uh, Wednesday night Bible study yeah. and then doing discipleship groups. It's yeah. a lot of talking. Yeah, it is. Over the years. And in all, many words, there is there sin. Are, that's exactly right. <laughs> that's my point, that, yeah. that when you speak that much yeah. in public— you're bound to say something wrong at some point. Of course. You're bound to mess up your words. You're bound to not be clear uh, because while the word of God is perfect, I am not. Mm-hmm. And, and and I'm trying to communicate as clearly as possible, but I'm not a perfect communicator. And so so sometimes, you know, I, I just need the benefit of the doubt that, that my, I'm not a heretic, right? I might just misspoke in some way that it just didn't come out as clear as I wanted it to be or whatever the case may be. And and so approaching, you know, a conversation with someone who might, you, you, you disagree with, hey, you, you said this and, and maybe you didn't mean to say it this way. So can you bring clarity to the conversation mm-hmm. would be a better way to approach it than you were wrong in what you said. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so just understanding, right, that, that in, in, in disagreements, I need to give people the benefit of the doubt. And so, so it might be instead of leading with the statement, Hey, you know, you're wrong. Let me tell you why you're wrong. It's leading with a statement like, 
help me to understand what you meant when you said that. Yeah, there's a good, that is a great way to right? approach it. Great and, way. And because that, that gives that person the mm-hmm. opportunity to bring clarity to that conversation. Mm-hmm. Bef- and, and then, you know, if, if, if what they said was actually wrong, then begin to walk down that conversation and whatever the case may be. But, but again, it's giving people the benefit of the doubt because I, I probably in, in a lot of our disagreements, and, and I know we don't think this because again, we're so bent on proving our rightness, but probably in a lot of our disagreements, there's actually more commonality there than what we actually think. Right. And so understanding that in that moment, just to, uh, to come back to the table and say, Hey, can you help me to understand what you're talking about would be just a helpful way to give somebody the benefit of the doubt as you get into that conversation. Oh Yeah. All right. Well, number four, uh, you don't have to say everything you want to say. You don't. Everything, you know, God gave us a mouth so we can keep it closed. We don't have to say everything that's up here. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, that that's huge, right? In the midst of that disagreement, how do you disagree graciously? Well, part of disagreeing graciously is knowing when to speak and when not to speak. Mm -hmm. Knowing that you don't have to say everything you're thinking. Again, you're thinking about that relationship. You want to keep building that relationship. You want to keep the doors of communication open. So you just don't have to say everything you're thinking, right? What a revolutionary concept. But you know, how many of our relationships would we be able to sustain much better if we just thought before we spoke? Oh, I know. And we will get, after the conversation, we'll get to like our wife or son, and we say, you know, I didn't have to say that. I didn't have, or I didn't mean to say that, or, I, or whatever I, the case may be. You my know? thing is, did that really come out of my yeah, mouth? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so just think before you speak. Ooh, it's yeah. okay to disagree and have that conversation, mm-hmm. but in that disagreement, in the heat of the moment, as you're having that conversation, it might be best to hold back on some of your words, because as you continue to spew your words, one, you're likely to say something that mm-hmm. might be misunderstood, and you're also likely to say something that might be hurtful as well. And so again, it's just, okay, I, I, there's a disagreement here. I want to talk through it, but I'm going to be very careful and guarded in the way that I speak, right? Just again, it's, it's I always want to be gracious. I always want to be gracious. So how do you find yourself when you, how do you overlook that? Somebody said something that you're just going, whoa, that is out to lunch. Yeah. How do you kind of say, you know, I'm just not going to approach that at this point. We don't have a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. They don't understand yeah. whatever well, see, it is. Well, see, the thing for me is I've been doing this for years Yeah. So, and you have too. Yeah. And so, you know, in, in conversations, I, I've just... Come and again, it's few and far between. I, I don't want to paint a negative picture of, of anything. Oh yeah, um, these kinds of conversations for me really are few and far between. Um, but 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 I have learned over the years that you know what they're coming. These kind of conversations where somebody's just gonna um, you know lash out or run off at the mouth. Those conversations are mm-hmm. coming, and so I've I've always tried to do it with a smile on my face, right? That when somebody is just lashing out at me or saying, "Hey, I disagree with you because of this," um, you know that that whole idea of 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 thank you. Uh, for thank you for those thoughts. I yeah. appreciate that. Let me think through that and I'll get back to you where the case may be. I mean, I just try to diffuse the best I can. Oh yeah, that's right. All right. Well, number five, always be kind and respectful. Yeah. So you don't have to say everything you want to say. And obviously the obvious flip side of that is mm-hmm. instead of just be kind and respectful. I mean, mm-hmm. every disagreement now, this is going to be huge for us. Every disagreement is an opportunity to do what Trey? It's an opportunity to show the fruit of the spirit. Amen. That's right? right. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, faithfulness, gentleness. I mean, every disagreement is an opportunity to practice through the spirit and, and, and being kind and respectful. It goes a long way in disagreement. And, and you, you know, people like that. We all know people like that, that, you know, um, that, that are able to disagree with us, but mm-hmm. are to do so, do so in such a way where, you know, that it's graceful and you, you, you leave that conversation. Even if you disagreed, you leave that conversation feeling built up. 
exactly. rather than torn down. Yeah. And that's what I want. I want to be able to disagree with somebody and have an honest conversation. But when we both walk away from that conversation, we both feel like, man, that was, that was a productive, fruitful conversation. And that only happens when you guard your words. Mm-hmm. It only happens when you're practicing the fruit of the spirit in that conversation. It only happens when you're being kind and respectful and considering that relationship more than you're considering, I got to win this argument. When you are able to do that, to talk with the fruit of the spirit, to be kind and courteous, uh, to, to not say everything you want to say and, and, and really value that relationship. And then those disagreements, they become productive rather than, you know, just a, a, a conversation where mm-hmm. you, you leave and your feelings are hurt. Yeah. I think this is a great way to kind of put a filter over how we, how we respond to people. Yeah. And I want to remind myself, uh, that that includes my wife. Yeah. Absolutely. We're not just talking about theological yeah. issues here, we're, you know. We're talking about in every relationship. Yeah, and we're in every circumstance. We're looking to do a little bit of remodeling on the house so we yeah. can have uh, some uh, benefits that help when we have 14 grandchildren. Mm. Uh, but we're going to be doing but we've already had these disagreements, you know. Uh, well, I think it would be better this way. And it's so funny. We're not disagreeing about Jesus coming back or Right, know? right. It's about the oh, I want this size yeah. window, you know, yeah. or whatever it is. And so we even in those conversations. Yeah. Our wife matters, you yeah. know, and we need to be gracious. And that's really where, you know, some of these issues become more prevalent is in the home or in the family because, you know, there there is that, um, you know, we just let our guard down. Mm, I think With you're the right. people that we're closest to, we tend to let our guard down and we let our guard down, then we really let the mouths fly. And then that's really where the hurt is. You know, uh, you think about most hurt happens in those relationships we're closest mm-hmm. in, right? With people that we love right. the most because that's where we, we let hurt our guard the people down. we love the yeah. most, which yeah. is so strange. Yeah. But anyway. I think it's familiar familiarity. Is that how you say that I word? I guess so. Yeah. You know, but anyway, being familiar yeah. with people. Yep. All right. And then number six, uh, and that is trust the spirit's yeah. work. Just trust the spirit's work. Yeah. Because there are gonna be those moments. For example, you're sharing the gospel with somebody mm-hmm. and you know you're right. You know that person needs Jesus, but they don't know that. Yeah. And yeah. they're just, you know, for whatever reason, not responding to the truth of God's word. And and at that point, all you can do is just trust the spirit. You cannot change anybody's heart. But God can. Mm-hmm. And so let God do what God wants to do in the life of a person. And mm-hmm. you just do what you know God wants you to do with grace and kindness, share the truth with grace and kindness, point others to hope, and then let God do what God mm-hmm. does. Right. And even in, in uh, different situations than that, you know, um, have the conversation, say what you need to say with grace and love and kindness, and then just trust God to give wisdom in that situation, to bring resolution or reconciliation or whatever God needs to do in that particular situation. Just Trust God's work. It is not your job to change hearts. It's not your job to win arguments. Mm-hmm. It's your job, right, to stand on the truth of God's word, to love and show kindness and mercy and have patience. That's your job. Amen. And it's God's job to do what God wants to do in the life of somebody's heart. We have right now going on in our country a contentious issue with, yeah. with our nation with uh, abortion rights yeah. and pro-life. And um, we didn't know if we were going to have protesters here. Yeah. And you and I had had a conversation in the background about how do we treat them, you mm-hmm. know? And of course we would treat them well. We'd invite them to church, right. uh, hopefully get the opportunity to share the gospel with them. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to argue that point in the parking lot no, at our church, no, you know? No, and, no. uh, that's where you demonstrate, that's where the grace really yeah, comes in. Yeah. They say, you know, they had every opportunity to ream me out one side and down the other, but they just demonstrate the love of Christ. That's exactly you know? right. That's so. exactly right. So what, what do you do? Okay. Okay. It's a big theological issue. You're talking to this lost person and you know, I know you just kind of swallow your words, but is there ever a time when you say, you know, we, <laughs> we need to at least touch on that or something? Yeah, is yeah. it ever that, ever, ever that? Yeah, I think, again, especially if it's, you know, one of those 
issues that's worth fighting for is clearly stating your case. Hey, here's what I believe. And yeah. Here's why I believe it. And I know you're not there yet, and I get that. Mm-hmm. But but this is my perspective, and and so and, even in the disagreement, you're being gracious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. My perspective is not going to change, and and just know that if you want to continue to have this conversation, we'd love to have you, and I'd love to talk to you more about it. But if you're not ready to talk about this, that's fine too. I mean, I think just whatever it looks like is just being gracious, being firm when you need to be firm, right? Mm-hmm. But even in that, just being very gracious and kind. Hey, I, I know you you're not there yet, or you. You, you, that we're not going to have this conversation well right now. And so maybe we can need to have this conversation again some other time or just think about this and I'll think about this. We'll come back and talk about it again or whatever the case may be. It's all, just always considering that relationship mm-hmm. and how to keep the door open rather than slamming it closed by the way that you respond. Amen. Well, Pastor, I think this has been a, a especially following up with what we've talked about with yeah. uh, children and yeah. husbands and wives yeah. and, and how to deal with those relationships. Yeah. Just this idea of, yeah, we're going to disagree, but we can do it with grace in our hearts and love for Christ and demonstrate that to other people. That's absolutely right. So as we close today, why don't you just uh, get us ready for next week? Trey, last few weeks with our wives on, these episodes have been kind of long. <laughs> yeah, look at this. Yeah, look, we're, we're doing we're good. Done and we're under 30 minutes. And I mean, our wives had great conversations. They did. But, I'm so happy. Yeah. So yeah, short podcast today. We did good. Hey, I hope this has been helpful for you. If it has been helpful for you, go ahead and hit that uh, subscribe button so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Leave us a five-star review that helps us get word out about our podcast. And as always, we hope today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.